0: I'm doing a bad solid snake impersonation, and I don't want to ride for Yamaha anymore. Should I rev this up to the red line and blow this sucker up? Welcome back to Motorsport 101.
1: Hey gang, welcome to episode 318 in Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and we're back at it again with... A surprisingly stacked episode when it comes to the two-wheel action, because... Oh my god, MotoGP went radioactive this past weekend. <laughs> On and off the track, and somehow we had a story that was even more high-profile than Valentino Rossi announced in his retirement last week. Somehow, someway... I can't believe I'm saying this, but Maverick Vinares might not be riding a Yamaha ever again. We'll have to figure might. that out. Might. We'll have to wait and see. More on that later on. Um, but we've also we also had the Austrian Grand Prix, the second running round the Red Bull Ring, and oh my God, what a finish! Um, All <laughs> time. <gasps> Um, if you have ever seen one of those Top Gear races back in the day where they're kind of deliberately staged so they end close, this was basically that.
0: <laughs> You're um, not supposed to let them in on the secret that Top Gear is not entirely informational material. You're not supposed to tell them that some of the entertainment is staged for entertainment purposes.
1: <laughs> the that that iteration
2: of Top Gear has been dead for a very, very long time.
1: It's
0: yeah, okay. yeah, yeah man, it's okay. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's nostalgia. It was
0: around for so long, we were just getting into Afghanistan. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh, easy, easy, easy. Uh, like other countries, I think we're going to withdraw from that one. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about the fact that somehow, someway, on a wet track with slick tires, Brad Binder found a way to win. Somehow. As a permanent rule, we now have to call him Lord Binder on this show after that ridiculous finish. So, with that note in mind, let's go around the horn. Let's see who we have here. As usual, we have Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. How's it going? Hey, Dre.
2: Um, you know, just watching a uh, scooteria Cameron Glickenhaus car go slowly around Le Mans gives me just the warmest, fuzziest feeling in my heart. <laughs>
1: We're we're making this a bad habit on this show, where we're just going to roast Glickenhaus repeatedly over and over again, aren't we? (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, when you uh, insult all your competitors, Mm -hmm. and then insult the series that you're trying to get into, Mm -hmm. and then insult other car companies making fast road cars, and then you unintentionally, and then double down... On insulting sim racers, including mm-hmm. attacking Wang Yan, Marnborough for an incident that was not his fault,
1: mm-hmm. um, I have no sympathies. When you put when you well when you put it like that, <laughs> fair enough. Um, also, we got RJ Acordo here. Hello, sir. Let me tell you how wild this weekend is,
0: right? We had a doubleheader weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway between IndyCar and NASCAR that capped off of the NASCAR race with curbs coming off of the track, a deliberate retaliatory wreck on the final lap that wipes out the front two cars, and a part timer winning the race. None of that got in the set list. Will Powers' landmark 40th victory did not get on the set list because that's how wild MotoGP was this week. Yeah. Isn't yeah. motorsport great?
2: Yeah, you know, Chase Briscoe really just told Denny Hamlin, you take, ama- you take away my world, I take away yours.
0: And in the end, <laughs> everything comes up, dinger! Not to be confused with the Colorado Rockies mascot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sailing close to the wind on that one, I see. It's like watching you know, you. Um, <laughs> Also, we have Ryan King. Hello, sir.
3: Yes, and I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet, but uh formally crowned their first ever world champion. Uh, That's that, right! Matt that Verstappen happened.
0: was not the first to do something again!
2: It's a bit of a running theme at this point.
1: Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. But, uh, yep, yeah, also very true. We'll get into that as well later on in the show. Also, in the time since we last recorded, me and King both got a year older. <laughs> Yeah, happy,
2: birthday.
1: Happy,
2: happy birthday! Happy birthday, King! King. Happy <laughs> birth Dre! To Dre! <laughs> it's
1: mine. it's a birthday it was, special. It was, we're recording this on the 18th. I was 29 yesterday. So the me and King were the same age for like just under a week. Um, <laughs> like, how's 28 sweet treating you, King? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. yeah that, that, that was my feeling too when I was 28. Now I'm 29 <laughs> and I'm thinking, holy be, be, fuck, I'm 30 next year. It's a, it's a terrifying prospect. The midlife crisis oh, is inevitable. I felt that. But, I uh, felt that.
0: The midlife crisis is coming at 30, which is like very terrifying to think, damn, is our life expectancy really shortening up that much? Or are we just really putting that much pressure on ourselves to achieve stuff before the age of 30 in society? Who can
1: say? Who I knows? think the answer
2: falls somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, something like that. But uh, sincere thanks to everybody who wished, who wished me happy birthday. I'm very it's, it's very nice that, that many people give a shit about the bubbles or the balloons showing up on my Twitter profile on that day on the 17th. Oh, much, yeah. much appreciated. That's birthday, um, <laughs> Yay. So, in this episode, there is a double dip MotoGP segment, not only on the most ridiculous Austrian Grand Prix you'll ever see in your life, but also... Well, let's just say if you're an editor, um, this wasn't ideal because one whole day after we recorded last week's episode Wait, all- Let's set the stage.
2: Yeah. Let's set the stage for our viewers, our listeners who listened to last week's episode when you okay. said and I quote for once a bad weekend wasn't Maverick's fault.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm mad as hell at
0: this job, and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to pee directly into the deep fryer in this
1: McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, I did say that. I did say that on last week's episode. Thinking it was just, oh, well, he stalled the bike and he just didn't have pace at the end. Eh, as well, we just chucked this one away. (laughs) Turns out it was a lot more sinister than that. (laughs) Um, And we all found out about that literally one day after we finished recording last week's show. Thanks a bunch, Yamaha. Uh, Way to go. Um, So we will get into what I adequately nicknamed the Maverick Vinales LP Volume 2 later on in the show. Also, we'll be talking the Formula E season finale uh, at Tempelhof, where, in, as King alluded to, Formula E did indeed crowd its first ever world champion. It was Dutch, and it wasn't Max Verstappen, and um, we had yet more again, <laughs>
2: And once again, the trend of the BMW CEO handing another brand the victory trophy continued.
1: Ooh, the pain, the pain. And they had a shot to win it all as well. We'll get into that as well a little bit later on. But places you can find us in the meantime, real quick. We're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Our the handles are on the screen if you're watching along. If you're listening in, it's at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at Buckley 917 We're on Instagram at motorsport101. Support, I should say. I almost missed it again. I was one of our Porter over there to as well. point out
0: one thing very special. I'm sorry to interrupt this uh, this yep. plug session, but we got a very nice number of posts on the podcast. We just need. Oh, yes. let's go. We need to sunset this account immediately. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we start. We it over, gang. Give me a couple. Give me a couple of minutes. Um, and then while that happens, you can also back us financially on Patreon, Patreon.com. Forward slash motorsport 101. Uh, Five bucks gets you early access to all of the audio versions of our episodes. You can upgrade to the video versions for ten bucks, as as well as getting access to the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. Thanks to everyone that's in their chat listening right now Zoe, Vic, Rezi, I see you in there as well. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoy the show. But in the meantime, I can put this off no longer. Let's get into MotoGP's Austrian Grand Prix and the finished scene around the world. Folks... Oh...
0: What the hell was that race? (laughs) MotoGP Austrian Grand Prix. Red Bull Ring. Holy shit. What drama. (laughs) We had a race that took place quite literally in the middle of a lightning storm in Spielberg, Austria. Rain was always in the air as we saw an incredibly early rain was always in the air as we saw an incredible early fight between Francesco Bagnaia, Fabio Quartararo, Marc Marquez and the two Pramac Ducatis of Jorge Martin and Johan Zarco. But with six laps to go, the rain has started falling. It started just pissing it down. All oh, majority of the leaders pit in for a wet bike, wet tires and all that. But one dude decides, uh uh-uh. uh I'm going to see this out all the way to the end. It's Brad Bender. He's going to continue on slicks. He had a 30-second, 30 33-second lead on the chasing group. And with just barely half a lap to spare, Bender was able to limp over the line and take a miracle second victory in the Premier Class over Francesco Bagnaia, who quite literally passed five bikes in a span of two and a half quarters to finish second. And Jorge Martin following up his first win with a third place finish. Luca Marini and Incre Laquota finished finished fifth and sixth. That's the best finishes of their career. Folks, what in the fuckity shitting <laughs> You can bleep these out for facts, but fucking fuck fuck what was that race? Yeah. Um <sighs>
2: The, you know, that's that, that's all you can really say about that finish is just
0: a selection of different swears.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's the um, James
0: Rolfe approach to reviewing motorcycle races. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, this was all. The thing is, right? People are just saying, "Oh, just a great race with a great finish." This was already shaping up to be a classic before oh, yeah. it started raining hard. Like
2: we we had two Scotty nominees for Fabio Quartararo and the people around him on
1: one lap. Yeah, <laughs> on one lap, he, he, he swept around the outside of of, of, of Zarco and Marquez, uh, going up in towards turn three, just on pure breaking power alone. The man is a nutter. Like this is a man with a forty three to point championship lead, and he's pulling off Banzai overtakes like he's Valentino Rossi in his prime uh, <laughs> on a slightly damped circuit. It was it was utterly ludicrous stuff. <laughs> so like. Even even before the like, people want to say, "Oh, this is just a great to finish." Like this was ludicrous before the rain came down. The rain coming down took it to the stratosphere. This was this was ridiculous. Like we, I I remember the conflicting emotions watching this live. You had Binder and Aspargaro being the big two that didn't come in. You had Valentino Rossi briefly running third, thinking, "Oh my God, is he going to get?" His 200th career podium in his final season. Um, like there was already a big helicopter display ready to go, saying "Thank you, Valley" um, on his, fi- his final visit to Austria, and that would have been topped off with a podium and we didn't quite get it. And if anyone ever, if anyone's seen the final lap, I don't think I've ever seen MotoGP bikes in race trim traveling so slowly. They look like <laughs> road bikes. <laughs> They were, they were
2: commuting to work because motoGP bikes they run carbon brakes that are exposed out in the air when you get rain all the temperature goes away it's gone. That's why the wet bikes run steel brakes so he had no grip and no brakes on a bike set up for dry conditions
0: no brakes no no grip just vibes only vibes and it worked.
2: He had just enough margin because the first of those who had pitted for wet bikes and not crashed, Pecco Banyaya, was, what was it, 15 seconds faster
0: on the final lap? 15 seconds faster on the
2: final lap. Gained about eight places. Through Sector 2 alone And just came about a sector short on track
0: You ever see those yeah. memes of what it's like When you order through pro- uh, Amazon Prime next day shipping This is not an endorsement uh, <laughs> At
2: 11.59 <laughs>
0: Peko Bagnaya was the embodiment of that He was that Prime driver Who was just cutting and weaving his way Through traffic doing about 145 In a 20 zone Trying to get that package to you next day Because that's what you ordered <laughs>
2: I think he almost ran into the back of uh, Lecrona going uh, yeah. going towards the final sector. He's yeah, just carrying he, that much more speed.
1: You have to go the long way around on on the on the uh, round turn eight, coming up the hill towards the last two corners, where all the other guys are like, "Let's not go wide." And it it was it was like uh, there was there was bikes everywhere. A leash was set for a podium. He ran wide at turn six. Rossi ran wide at the final corner. Binder deliberately took a track limits penalty on the final corner to avoid. Um, it got a three-second
2: penalty, but it was okay. Yeah,
1: didn't matter. He only won by nine seconds instead of 12. I know the gap sounds enormous. With the rain coming down hard, I reckon two miles more, Bandai wins
2: that race. Not it. one more sector. Like it, yeah. He was so much faster.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was a problem that was that was going to get exponentially worse, and he just about timed it to perfection. On another day, it could have easily been Jack Miller and, and, and Yamaguchi because they were actually the first of the leading group to come in. If anything, they were one lap too early. Um, which is no, really, crazy. everyone who
2: swapped bikes was too early because the rain you know came down a little bit, then subsided, and then right at the end just chucked down.
1: Yeah, final two laps really. Final two laps is when they really started. They started making gains. I thought they'd left it too late. Well, um, on, on first impression, and um, it, it didn't quite um, turn out that way. But um, oh, what an unbelievable! Record. Brad Binder is That's, a certified nutter. Um, there, there Lord is... Binder, stand for
2: our Lord Bender King, is that... your man's
1: <laughs> on
2: home
0: soil for KTM. <laughs> You're repping the Haley mulch gear. I, I appreciate that choice of shirt, Drake.
1: Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good shirt. But, um, yeah, I, 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 that, that was the most balmy of finishes I have ever seen. And that's right. not
2: even mentioning, um, well, some guy we used to see lead a lot of races was finally back at the front on a right hander circuit. <laughs> Mark Marquez was. Regardant ridiculous in this race, and unfortunately, (laughs) pushing just too hard to try and he he had such a margin over everyone else in the wet. Uh, He had pulled a couple seconds and just pushed too hard, dumped the bike at turn one.
1: Yeah, because he knew he was going to have to go.
2: Yeah, he would have. He had to have pushed one hundred percent to try and catch Bender.
1: It's already yeah, it's sad
0: enough that Honda doesn't get a farewell F1 race because we just got the news the Japanese Formula 1 Grand Prix got cancelled today. It's worse when Honda still hasn't made a good-ass bike.
1: Yeah.
2: there, there was a st- I will say there was a step forward this weekend. All weekend, Mark looked a lot more like his old self. Also, thanks to some painkiller injections in his arm because uh, ah. It helps.
1: Ah, yeah. Right handers, right shoulder. Big, big problem um but uh, I mean. and what
2: what should have been a what should have been another day of potentially taking some points out of Qatararo well Zarco been the bike yeah and even with uh, an awful finish for Qatararo having fought for the podium all race and then being caught out in the Yamaha's very very weak performance in the rain he left with more points than he entered with
1: yeah and he finished seventh on the day, and it did. He still extended his championship me. It's like it's like Alex Polo at Nashville all over again. Wasn't really in contention at the end. Didn't have a particularly good day himself. Still made gains. Still made gains. He's got a forty-seven uh, point lead as we head towards Silverstone uh, next weekend.
2: What a finish that was!
1: Yeah, it was
2: just total mayhem. King, yeah,
0: like I need to hear from you, buddy. Because that's that's your manufacturer. You are the self-professed day one KTM stand. Would you ever think you could have a finish this good? Oh, no. I definitely thought we were losing this
1: race. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, what was your reaction when you see Binder stay out? Was all the other leading bikes pull in? <laughs> I was like, there's no
3: way he's going fast enough to keep this lead. This is over. I don't know what move they were thinking. <laughs>
1: I don't know, I think. It, are we going to fumble the back to with a prettier?
3: I'm in like big, a big Patrick Ewing head coaching Georgetown move. Like
0: that was a bad <laughs> shot. <laughs> Have you ever shot
1: that shot? Have you worked on that shot?
2: <laughs> it was either going to be really good or really, really bad.
1: Oh, give give that, whatever you gave him on that three-year contract, it wasn't enough. Like, back-to-back years, KTM pulls off ridiculous finishes to win a race. Absolutely ludicrous stuff. Gentlemen, is there any other motorsport finishes all-time that you could think of that are on that level of ridiculous? Um, I mean, everybody's going to make the obvious
0: comparison to Brazil... F1 2008, because yeah. the conditions and the way they played out, that su- the drizzle turns into a sudden downpour, and all of a sudden the whole scene just completely spirals out of control. Next thing you know, cards are going 15 seconds a lap faster on the final lap than they were before. What I want to say is this <laughs> that, that is
2: Um i have uh, I've I've got one. That uh, the NASCAR viewers of the show will remember. Mm. Um, 2011 Talladega. In the waning days of the tandem drafting. Three wide, two deep. Jimmy Johnson pips the Roush duo and the other Hendrick duo by a couple thousandths of a second. With cars in the wall. That's about it.
1: Um, I'm a little bit biased. I was going to say IndyCar at Texas in 2016. With to be Same fair, vibe. the entire final restart is pretty much them going like at one point they're four wide going into turn three at, at Texas, and um, Simon Pacino did the very smart thing. Yeah, I, I, my, my man that.
2: is just like, you know what? This is a good day for me in the championship. I'm just gonna no. back off the throttle real I'm quick. Good.
1: Almost ruined by Graham Ray Hall hot-dogging over the line with a fist up in the air, knowing he was accidentally creating more drag for his car. Uh, um, (laughs) Not mad that he beat James Hinchcliffe over the line that day. Not mad at all. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Like that? Like that?
2: 2017 Lamar in the GT finish, Corvette v. Aston Martin. Oh,
1: boy. I remember that one.
2: Was oh bad. it's a, it's a short list
1: it, this a, was a all
2: a time great go out of your way to watch it
1: yeah yeah like
0: if you have like if you're not one of these people that has a video pass, or has a cable subscription to somebody that has, like, a cable that the coverage. Like, if you live somewhere where they have a company that broadcasts MotoGP and they're at least going to put on, like, the 15, 10-minute highlights package, go your way to watch that if you can't get your hands on full race. Because that alone will get the point across.
1: That's a good-ass they,
0: finish. That's yeah. a good-ass yeah. race that we yeah.
1: watch. Yeah. Solid R&D Our Highlight versions here, yeah, are true. in are in the UK if you want to watch the BT sport coverage. Their YouTube channel has a full highlights of that race. As does NBC's YouTube channel for the Americans out there. I'm not sure if there's geo blocking involved in any of that, but either one of those should be good. Um, it's an all time great finish. It's an utterly ridiculous race in general. If it doesn't win race of the year, I'll be shocked. And it's already a stacked category this year. Um, we've already had chat. three or four. Oh, yeah. Good shot. Good shot. Um, clearly you worked on it. Um,.
0: <laughs> One-legged
1: step back. Um, yeah.
0: But I'm Ben sorry. Simmons working on those on those free throws in these <laughs> edited montage clips. It probably took about two hundred takes to produce.
2: Alexa, play "Fix You" by Coldplay.
0: <laughs> what's funny is that whenever you rev an engine too hard, uh, you usually have to take it to service to be serviced to be fixed. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good segue, Dre, into our next segment. Because uh, as we alluded to uh, at the start of the show, we thought the Maverick Vinales was just having a regular bad time. As oh, it you. turns out. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, we,
2: my good, good What we gracious. didn't know was...
1: I, I Trey, think I'm right. uh, I, 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 Where do I even The floor start? is yours. I mean... <sighs> I, I allude to in the script I wrote where I just said, look, the biggest murder story, murder GP story of the year played out again, because it involves Maverick again. Only this time, it's somehow even more sinister than we originally had it. As I mentioned at the top of the show, a day after we finished recording last week's show, Yamaha pulled out a shock statement on Thursday morning saying that they were suspending Maverick Vinales until further notice Citing, quote, unexplained irregular operation of the motorcycle during last week's race. The full statement read as follows, quote, the absence follows the suspension of the rider by Yamaha due to the unexplained irregular operation of the motorcycle by the rider during last weekend's Stereo Grand Prix. The Yamaha's decision follows an in-depth analysis of telemetry and data over the last few days. Yamaha's conclusion is that the rider's actions, and I'm going to slow down for this bit, could have potentially caused significant damage to the engine of his YZR M1 bike, which could have caused serious risks to the rider himself, and possibly posed a danger to all other riders in the MotoGP race. I did not make any of that up. Um, that, is,
2: that is clear-cut, written by Yamaha themselves.
1: Decisions regarding the future races will be taken after a more detailed analysis of the situation and further discussions between Yamaha and the rider. End quote. Um, we actually saw, if you were watching the practice sessions, Maverick was actually still at the track. He was uh, watching mics go by. Probably pay attention to the Aprilia. Um, okay, in, uh, in, full, in
2: full team gear, no less.
1: In full team gear, yeah, yeah. Um, he said he was going to talk about it soon on his Instagram page, and he did. On Sunday, he spoke to the Italian media. Not the Spanish media, because he's apparently he's fallen out with them. So he spoke to the Italian media. Who well, hasn't he, he fallen
2: out with at this point?
1: <laughs> there's a list. Um, point is, is that he, he, he spoke to the Italian media, he... He owned it. He fully apologised for what he did. He apologised to the team publicly, as well as obviously in private. Um, he described his actions as, quote, a moment of frustration and I didn't know what to do. Um, I'll let you I'll let that one marinate for a second. Um, the, a day later, on Monday, uh, prettier officially announced that uh, Maverick will be joining their team. It's a one-plus-one deal, so it's only a one-year guaranteed contract for Maverick and Aprilia next year, alongside Alicia Spargo, who's also been confirmed for next season, um, with an option for 2023. Um, And a couple of days later, today, a day of recording, Yamaha announced he will not be racing at Silverstone next weekend either, and there will be a final decision on his future announced, Probably by the time this episode goes out. Sometime, sometime around this weekend, apparently. Um, Simon Patterson was reporting that apparently they reckon it's going to be he's not riding this bike again, basically. They're going to park him for the season. This man is checked out.
2: Dear Lynn, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, with all that in mind... Well, you have a whole right to suspend Maverick for his actions. Hell yes! <laughs> yeah. 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 We can yeah. laugh
0: about it now because nobody got hurt because that was incredibly... And practiced. that is that- where
2: I want to focus here. Yeah. Maverick Vinales is an exceptionally talented young man. He is as fast as anyone we have ever seen, but he gets in his own head. And sometimes he gets in his own head so much that he can't really ride a motorcycle. You can't do that here. You can't do that on 220 mile per hour plus. Well, not the Yamaha, but you know. (laughs) Racing motorcycles, racing around other people on a track that is known to be right on the edge in terms of danger. Mm -hmm. If he blows that engine, it's not just a danger to him because that thing decides to throw a rod could go right into his leg, and we're talking about Maverick Vinales, the retired MotoGP rider. oils down that track could have killed someone. I say that with no hyperbole, no exaggeration, no conjecture. He could have killed someone.
0: Yeah, that's bad. We can laugh about it now because uh, ultimately nothing happened other than he had to sit out the rest yeah. of the Yeah, you know, last race.
2: year, last year those Yamaha engines were popping <laughs> left and right. This one, yeah. despite being abused within an inch of its life, refused to let go. Yeah. That yeah. One and saying
0: all the way in the fifth.
2: Yeah. Just and rah, rah, rah. here's the thing. Skirmishes stay in house. Petty arguments between a rider and a team usually stay in house. Mm -hmm. Yamaha wouldn't have said this. They wouldn't have put out such a statement if they didn't have evidence that would hold up in a court. And boy, did we get it. Because the footage that released the next day of him slamming into the rev limiter (gasps) out on track. Mm -hmm. And then retiring the bike and jamming the throttle open while riding down the pit lane. There was no hiding it.
1: Clear as day. You you do. For the record, for those who may not be as educated on MotoGP, this was one hundred percent intentional. You can't over rev an engine like that by accident. It, is, it was clear as day. In fact, the internet were immediately, um, you know, like being the sleuths. Trackside that they were,
2: f- trackside photographers went. Yeah, they went to the media after, like, what the hell was going on? Because you could hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah. The photographers, p- clear as day, were pointing out. Tammy Garale, who does a brilliant job as a journalist, pointed out the lap times from Maverick towards the end of the race, which he publishes on their website. The lap times of every rider is published on their website. It's the most extensive results page, maybe in motorsport. They had the lap times from Maverick, and they were showing his top speeds, and they were significantly lower in the last five laps of that race. Basically, he was redlining it in fifth gear. Yeah, he just wasn't um, around- shifting up out of fifth yeah, around, around 185 miles an hour, which is not the top yeah. speed they're going down to they this time, They
0: would have noticed if there was, like, an actual problem where the bike just lost its top gear. Because well, that's the happened thing before is it, sometimes, but well, the thing top is gear as well, was
2: still there. You could have... He could have made the argument, because his bike did have legitimate issues and they changed the clutch before the race, mm. that maybe there was a gearbox desync issue. Only when he was going down the pit lane, you could see his arm ramming the throttle open.
1: He wasn't slick, in other words. He wasn't
2: slick with it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was 100% intentional, clear as day, black as white, clear as crystal, because then the replay footage came out the next day after the suspension came out, they put it... They published it on the website for people to see for free. Um, What on social media departments? Mm, Good work. You know who Um, you are. (laughs) You know who you are. Um, (laughs) Good work. Um, And, um, yeah, it was clear as day. You could hear him multiple times, multiple laps, redline the engine. And, yeah, I I can only echo Cam's sentiments. And I know a lot of people have cited, well, what about Maverick's mental health? I want to address that mm, real quick. Mm, because I know I know a few people mentioned this. Like, oh, you know, it's, oh, mental health is all fine and good until the guy's on a 280-kilometer motorcycle. Look, if your head is not in the right place to be riding one of these things, you shouldn't be anywhere near a motorcycle, and that is not a warrant for you to intentionally sabotage a motorcycle. A lot of people in the back have put their... Blood, sweat, and tears into—that's probably Maverick on the phone now. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot of people put their blood, sweat, and tears into working on that bike. It is not okay for you to be revving an engine on purpose, and of course, the safety risks that come alongside that—he um, could have killed potentially someone. Potentially so dangerous. Absolutely, on this track, on those parameters, on that circumstance. We just had a whole oh, week's God. worth
0: of discourse over is the Red Bull Ring safe for motorcycles
1: for the second yeah, and year. Are, we, in
2: fact, we are getting a track change on the run to to slow the run. We'll yeah. effectively get a chicane between what turn one and turn two are now that feeds hmm. out into current turn two, slowing it down. If right. he oiled that section of the track down, some we would have gotten a worse version of the crash that let's not forget could have killed Maverick last year.
1: Yeah. Or even a Fee Sirens incident in Moto2 last year. Where likes went over a blind crest, and then, you know, somebody hits him. Um, Mental
2: health is all well and good, and I am... Look, mental health in sports is something that, for far too long, didn't get talked about enough. Mm -hmm. Some people who still try to brush it off, it is incredibly important.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: If you are not in the right frame of mind, you shouldn't be on a motorcycle out on the road... You shouldn't be on one on track on a track day. You shouldn't be on one in the fastest racing motorcycles in the world endangering your fellow riders.
0: Yeah. If it's that bad, if it was that bad between Maverick and Yamaha, and we could tell it it, it is that bad. But I wouldn't blame Maverick for just being like, dude, I don't want to ride this bike anymore. I just want to sit at home. Well, he
2: doesn't get the choice now.
0: Na- yeah, no. Because now- he's parked,
2: I guarantee you he's not getting back on a Yamaha for as long as we speak on motorcycle racing. He's I w- done.
0: I want to say this... Um- Yamaha should have made Maverick Vinales dressed like Kanye West living at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. <laughs> they, should have him, uh, they should have had him in the garage, wa- they should have had him walking through the stands wearing uh wearing pantyhose on his head and just a big puffy blue jacket so that way nobody could tell that it's Maverick. That has to be his
1: punishment. <laughs> I mean, it's it segues in nicely to the second question I was gonna ask is is that Is this the end of him at Yamaha altogether? Because they were awaiting a (laughs)
2: decision. Fuck yes! (laughs) He's done. And I I know... I know why Aprilia signed him. It's... It's the Dan Tickdom second chance. He's got the raw talent.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a gamble that maybe they can harness his talent. They can harness his speed. This is... This is... I don't even want to laugh about it. I don't even want to joke about it because it makes me that angry. Yeah. Yeah. The safety aspect of it. I, if it were my choice, and it's not, if it were my choice, I would never see him on a racing motorcycle again.
0: But you know that's not how that happens. Because we're seeing that in NASCAR now. We're seeing where bad decisions get rewarded with a move Up the grid. So this either goes one or two ways. Maverick Vinales suffers at Aprilia until he decides he wants to quit the sport. Or Maverick Vinales somehow lucks into one of the best bikes in the grid come 2022. And he wins 10 of the first 12 races and becomes champion. And then we're talking about Maverick Vinales should represent Spain in the Summer Olympics of motorsport.
2: Yeah, except Maverick (laughs) Vinales doesn't do that. Because Maverick Vinales is good for one or two Token race wins where he is completely untouchable and is otherwise anonymous on a motorcycle. Cash that in first
0: week of the season. That
2: he won dumb. a race this year. How how long ago does that feel now? God, that,
0: man, March feels like twenty years ago.
1: Yeah, I no, he's say, not coming like, back. For no. me, no. For me personally, I what's the swingy word in this? From a competitive standpoint, I I, I actually think there's a re- there's a semi reasonable chance that Yamaha brings him back. And the only reason why I say that is because if Yamaha wants to triple crown, they're not going to win it with anybody else on their motorcycle. No, they're
2: not going to win it. Period.
1: I I like again, Maverick is a good enough second rider where you can back him up with points. They have the thing is Ducati just overtook them in. The, I looked at this up before we started recording. Ducati just overtook them in the teams, in the manufacturer's championship, the three points ahead of Yamaha right now. In the teams championship, Yamaha's got a thirty-seven point lead over the factory Ducati team. If Yamaha wants the triple crown, they are probably not going to win it with Cal Crutchlow on the second bike because sure, that's they the can't tr- They can't
2: trust him on a motorcycle. Mm. That's just how can you ever trust him again
1: with one of your bikes. That's the that's the problem. I I I would not trust him with a motorcycle if I was Lin Jarvis. However, how badly do Yamaha want to win all three titles? I don't know. I I, I I
2: tend to think that the decision will come from not from within the team but from the higher ups back in Japan. Yeah,
0: that's Probably. that's the board's decision. You know, if the yeah. board decides Maver Penales is, is not fit to ride a motorcycle, that he's going to sit out the rest of this contract until he decides to leave for Aprilia. I mean, sorry, you, you just got to work with a combination. Honestly, I, of-
2: I don't even know if I don't even, I don't even know if his contract sees out the year. I think Yamaha now will be looking at any conceivable way for their legal department to fire him. You get that buyout, son. Not that not that I'm pretty sure there's some kind of clause in a given contract that if you if you don't ride to the best of your ability, and I think trying to blow your fucking bike up falls Mm. under that category. It probably has a clause for Yamaha to boot him out. But then the problem for Yamaha now is they've got no riders. Valentino was 7000 years old, about to be a father. Happy to hear. And uh, the photo shoot was fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah, playing right, right in. into the bin. New meme format just dropped. Uh, what else <laughs> we got? What else we got at motor, Motos- We got it. Fabio Quartararo is carrying the team on his whole back because yeah. Franco Morbidelli's uh, busted it knee seems to get knee. worse every... It's a bum knee and it seems to get worse every week. He's and it's 2019 the Yamaha. Record.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Even, th- even if he's on a 2019 anymore. Yamaha, he's out until Misano minimum with that knee injury. Let's say in September. Yeah, at best. They can't rely on him. we well, got
2: yeah. They can't rely on Cal because Cal. I, I love how Cal this week was. Can you make the rear of the bike have less grip? I'm too used to riding a Honda. I'm too, I'm too <laughs> used to riding a bike that's worse than this. Damn. Even what? with what? all of <laughs> this going on at Yamaha, they're still not as much of a mess as HRC is. But you know what, just, what
0: they're you know what they're looking forward to is mm. that is Jake Ditson. And Darren oh Binder and Garrett Gerloff, the return of Garrett Gerloff. America's they've got no,
2: Gerloff. they've got no second string riders that are really showing themselves to be MotoGP material right Does now. Does Keenan
1: want to give Top Rack a ride? Does he want to reconsider yeah. that? Because we didn't even mention this in the segment, but Patronus are leaving SRT altogether at the end of the season, and their Moto two and three teams are being shut down. So. They're going to blow the whole thing up in Moto 3 this year. I'm and sure
2: we'll a- get to it later, but I think this story about Patronus leaving them has a bit of bearing on another motorsport brand that just pulled out of another series later on in this show.
1: Mm. Because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a problem. It is um Patronus leaving SRT and it's looking like Darren Binduff in Modo 3. Yes, Brad's brother is gonna get one of those two seats next year. They're already talking about him getting a test later on in the season, and it's That's looking if like
2: SRT survives.
1: Yeah, they try- apparently they're trying to put together a bid to buy the team outright from underneath them, basically. Um, but it's looking like as as it stands Darren Binder will get one of the two seats. Maybe Jake Dixon gets the other one. He's almost certainly going to be riding as a, as a wild card at Silverstone next weekend. You know, hometown bias and all of that. So yeah. uh, if you'd have said to Jake Dixon two years ago while riding in British Superbikes, hey, you're going to be riding as Valentino Rossi's teammate in MotoGP next year. He'd have called you crazy. But here we are. Um, no, you'd have, you'd have been like,
2: oh, Lord, I'm moving up that fast. that. <laughs> 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 but
3: but here we have that.
2: SRT, who last year was arguably the best team in the field. Yeah. This year, they're nowhere uh-huh. due to injury, old equipment, and old rider. And next year, I don't know. I don't know if they even get to next year. Um, you know, it's all going to be dependent on that buyout and who they can get in, hopefully with a little bit of money behind them.
0: Does Spire Motorsports want to get in the motorcycle?
2: No, we're not doing uh,
0: that. Stop that.
2: But it leaves Yamaha with a situation where they've got no one to put on that second factory bike. No one who will, no one who they can trust or will score the points. Or doesn't already have a schedule in another series. Top rack would be all well and good, but he has commitments in World Superbike.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's, um, he's in the thick of a he's in the thick of a title race with Jonathan Ray right now. Only was was a handful of points He's in a
2: title fight with Jonathan Ray!
0: <laughs>
1: wow, it's wild. We
0: have not been keeping tabs on Superbike World Championships a lot this season, but yeah, apparently it's getting good. Also, did Yamaha want to sign that one dude. Where'd he end up? KTM. Ah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that'll do yeah, it. they
2: they triggered their own uh, in in-house turmoil by keeping him away from Yamaha.
1: Yeah, funny how that one all turned out. So yeah, Yamaha almost as in as almost as much as a mess <laughs> as Honda is. And we joked about them on this show many many a time, but Yamaha have got a lot of shit to iron out in their status because uh, it's, it's it's a, a mess. It's uh, not a bag
0: for a change.
1: We thought it was a bike. Maybe
0: it wasn't the bike all this time. I
2: I, I tend, the more I look at it, the more I think, you know, Vinales is the guy they cold-shouldered Jorge Lorenzo out of the team for. Mm -hmm. Honest to God, I don't think Yamaha ever falls as far as they did if they don't boot him out of the team. I really don't.
1: They still would have had Lorenzo as an anchor when Rossi started his slow decline around 2018 sort of time. Um, And I think Valentino's decline began
2: earlier than maybe we thought it did. And it was just hidden by the fact that Vinales was up and down every weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, we just thought, well, Maverick's not great, Valentino Rossi's not great, the Blacks probably just a bit of a stinker. Maybe there was more to it with the Riders than we gave it credit for back then. Maybe, in yeah, hindsight. I mean, last time we talked
0: about it, we had, like, our whole referendum on, should, if you're Yamaha, do you replace all the Riders? And we didn't think <laughs> at the time we needed to replace all the Riders except for Valentino.
1: Well, maybe. I
0: don't know.
1: Yeah. A messy, messy situation. There might be a small follow-up on next week's show, depending on what Yamaha decide to do internally with Maverick. As I said, apparently they are making make any final decision on that this weekend.
2: I can only imagine. Given, uh, man, if you're caught deliberately sabotaging company equipment, Ooh, boy. Um, well, your company can throw the equivalent of the bringing the sport into disrepute clause at you.
1: Yeah, for once, that phrase is actually relevant and not just one thrown around on Twitter whenever someone doesn't like something in F1. Um, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, you know, it, it could very well be a case of that. And, and, and as Cam points out, Yamaha would never have released that sort of statement if it couldn't hold up in a court. The lawyers have had, a, have had a say in that statement. Trust me. So, yeah, more on that by the time we get to Silverstone probably in a couple of weeks' time. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, meanwhile, over in Tempelhof Airport, um, we had Formula E crowning its first ever world champion for the Season 7 finale, and, uh, f- f- this was a wild one. The season
3: finale of the
1: FIA, ABB,
3: Formula E World Championship produced yet more drama, fitting, fitting of its chaotic season... <laughs> With Lucas Degrassi winning the first race by a nose ahead of Edo Martara and Mitch Evans. It's still 14, it still left 14 men eligible to win the title in the final race on Berlin's reversed layout. And up to two of them, uh, and and two of them were immediately em- eliminated. After Mitch F. and car <laughs> died on the grid, and he oh. was rear-ended by Edo Martara uh, at a what twenty-seven G impact. Twenty-seven Gs. Driving into the rear of the Jaguar and fracturing a vertebrae in his back. Thankfully, fracture. both drivers were able to walk away. It immediately got more dramatic during the restart when Jake Dennis got caught out by Bwemi in the braking zone and hit the wall, eliminating himself
2: from title contention. Correction. It was a mechanical failure. The rear axle oh. locked locked, and oh. sent him into the wall. That's why there was that cloud of black smoke.
1: Oh, shit. And yeah. So all of a sudden, like at that point, it's worth pointing out before King continues, Dennis was in the box seat at that point in time. Um, and then, next thing you know, as soon as the restart happens, he's in the wall. He's out of contention. Carry on, yes. the Sorry. Yeah. Even
3: under the green, the race had had a, a more heart-stopping moments, including an unnecessarily aggressive Nick DeVries, now in the championship box seat himself, almost collecting himself twice in battles with Pascal Verlein. Uh... Yeah, in in with Pascal Verlein, but it was Norman Notto becoming Formula E's 20th podium finisher in 2021 with Stoffel Van Dorn's 23rd and Nick DeVries' uh, 23rd podium finish and Nick DeVries finishing 8th to secure both championships for Mercedes EQ. Only for them to confirm today that they're leaving the series at the end of next season.
1: Because of now course. My,
2: now, my <laughs> point earlier, Patronus just just dipped on one of their racing teams that they directly fund. Well, you
3: think Patronus they, doesn't sponsor Mercedes. They don't informally. sponsor
2: Mercedes FE, but
3: they do sponsor them in F1. Not not as much as they used to by a large margin.
1: Mm, Shout out to the we, 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 I mean, Ineos is a third that team now. they probably got much more of a controlling state than what Petronas used to have.
3: Yeah, that and considering, I think considering that up. Ineos themselves are uh, are an oil company.
0: One for another! I just know them as being <sighs> a bunch of bottlers in the America's <laughs> Cup.
1: Yeah, that works too, but... Uh... In that
2: statement, they basically they doubled down on their commitment to F1. No, Mercedes isn't leaving F1. We can put that away for another, like, month.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, gentlemen, what the hell was that for season finale? <laughs> what was that? I mean, it was yet more carnage in an already carnage-filled Formula e season, but how was that climax for you guys?
3: Well, Hi. I think it boiled down to, hey, so many drivers can win this. So, so many drivers had nothing to lose by either pushing it to the limit, having, like, you know... Desperate moves, and, like, literally every overtake mattered, and everyone tried to find an overtake.
0: Yeah, I'd say, if yeah. not first shit like Evan stalling Mortar in the back, I still think DeVries, with the pace that he had, because he was driving through the middle of the grid like a man possessed, like he wants to win this championship, I- I'm... I'm not going to say, but it, it, yeah, I think he wins the championship still. It's just closer than it ended up being where three of your biggest contenders drop out before we even finish a green flag lap of racing. Before,
2: yeah, we didn't even get a green <laughs> flag straights worth of racing and mechanical failures. And the resulting carnage took out three of you know, the people who could, had a realistic shot at the title.
0: Mitch Evans almost won this title without even finishing in the top two of a race. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but even in the first race where just people couldn't keep up with the hectic pace of the, the race as a whole for the entire distance and lost out of the championship because of that. like uh, DS both, <laughs>
2: both, mm. both cars suffered uh, thermal problems while running 1-2 and they fell down the field. Attack mode was... They, we had the eight-minute attack mode in race one, and it was mega powerful around this track.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who saw Rene Ross just, like, carving people up left and right while under attack mode? Formula um,
2: E's fastest man.
1: Yeah. Fastest <laughs> that, lap award winner, Rene Ross.
2: But, but that's the thing. With an eight-minute attack
3: mode, and with that being your one shot to move up the field... You need to not only use that power effectively, but manage manage the, the temperature of your of your power train. Are you going to end up like Tachita?
2: We yeah. joked about how uh, man, if this was as good as Tachita are with their their old power train to start the year, just imagine how good they'll be with the new one. And it
1: wasn't all that reliable cool. at a few stages this year. Yeah, no, no and uh, yeah, I mean. It's, it, 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 it was a ridiculous climax in the sense of, of course, we had two major incidents that took three other runners out. Nick the Freeze, like knowing he was in the box seat, like was dive bombing the shit out of people. Like even Pascal Verlin were rubbing in the shoulders. Audacity I'm, I'm to like,
2: claim after the race people weren't respecting my championship position. I tried, <laughs> dude,
1: you were fucking <laughs> if gap calling half the field. <laughs> Dived the shit out of Pascal Verland, and I'm like, guys, I think I'm a target out here. Really? <laughs>
2: I'm
1: like, okay. Yeah. Um, uh.
2: And once, once the mechanical failures took out Dennis and Evans and Mortara, and um, obviously get well soon for him. Yeah. Indeed. Twenty-seven Gs doesn't sound like a lot until it's right up through the bottom of the car into your driver's seat. Ow. How- and um once that was over, De Vries basically just had to finish. Even when Stoffel was leading the race, he was still three points down on De Vries for most of the event.
1: Yeah. And 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 then and then there was still that awful moment where they're three wide with with both Mercs in like as the as like the bread in a lottery sandwich. And I'm just like, oh god, oh god, oh god, and it almost <laughs> ended- Germany is about Ooh.
2: to fumble this bag.
1: I was like Oh god, are we are we are we gonna have like a Formula One Catalina 2016 moment right here where both Mercs take each other out and like oh it was <laughs> it was complete St- chaos.
2: Stuttgart was on track to catch a hard L in that oh, incident. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. cooler but heads they, prevailed. Cool heads prevailed. Nick the Three wins the title. Mercs wins the Formula E title. Um, both in were no champions. way the way they
2: we thought they were gonna after <laughs> they dominated the opening round.
1: Indeed. Um, we've talked about it for this series up and down over the course of the season. We'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute. But Mercs was so up and down at one point. Jaguar was up and down at one point. We thought Virgin might get involved. We're the vision team in there up at some point. Like, Dre, hit me with
2: this stat. How many yeah. points is this? Ch- were available in this championship? 450. How many did the winner win with? 99. Doing it for
0: Jeff Burton. 99.
2: <laughs> Less than a 100. Carl Andrews.
1: Less than 100 Andrew points on Four charts. race
2: wins worth.
1: Yeah, about. Yeah, Nick DeFries won the title with about 22% of the available points on offer. He only finished in the points on 7 out of the 15 races over the course of the season. And he won the title by 5. Because, of course, he did. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll give King this. At the the top of the year, when we did our season preview, he thought there were seven teams that had a genuine chance of winning this title. And on the final race of the year, six teams were still eligible to win the Constructors' Championship. He was absolutely (laughs) right. Well done, Ryan (laughs) Eric Nine teams broke double-digit points. Yeah. Yeah? Six teams were eligible to win the team's title in the final race. Six. (laughs) <laughs> like it was ridiculous utterly ridiculous and um I know a lot of people are going to be split on the format of the championship and wh- whether it's a good thing or not we'll talk about that more in a little bit but we have to talk a little bit first about the breaking news that came out today that we have, we there was rumblings already in the air about this around the Berlin's weekend but we got confirmation today as we record this on August 18th that Merck's are indeed quitting the, the series at the end of next season, season eight. Um, I mean, it's the third major manufacturer to quit the series in the last year, or inevitably quit the series, or announced they're quitting the series. Sadly, BMW and Audi, that was their final ever race. I mean, gentlemen, what impact do you think it will have on the series as a whole? Because it's, it, it, no matter which way you slice it, it ain't good when three manufacturers are quitting in a year. No, it's no, not cap- good. No,
0: that, that's that's a you remember that mass exodus back in the '08 recession where it seemed like every manufacturer apart from Ferrari was about to leave. It kind of feels like that. I think it's a I
2: think it's a two prong problem. I'll go with the outside factor first. Sports car racing, where Audi Audi's bread was buttered for a long time, mm-hmm. is now. You can now compete in the top class in a way that doesn't require Formula One level budgets. It's cheap. It's cheap. You get to run in America. You get to run overseas. And other people can do a lot of the work for you. And if they consider that that is a better place to spend their money and get return on investment for advertising dollars, then that's what they're going to do. Definitely, I think that's the case with BMW and Audi. Mercedes obviously doesn't have a sports car program.
0: Well, they've got their GT3 programs, but that's definitely... Mm,
2: yeah, but that's... On level. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with the future of the ACO and their GT platform. We could get some Mercs back at Le Mans within the next couple of years, albeit not fighting for the overall.
0: Yeah, i um, they were done with that.
2: I think the internal problem is one where... Mercedes won this title, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's Their name is on the trophy. Can't take that away from them. Does it really feel like they won... If Does it feel like anyone won a championship?
1: It's a strange one. It-
2: does it feel like any team was out there proving that they had the best technology and were winning a bunch of races and had big TV time with their logo right front and center on the car?
1: It was probably a bit of a hodgepodge, certainly. Go
2: on, go. I can't imagine it's a good look for Mercedes that they won this championship despite spending a lot of the year running down in like fifteenth and sixteenth place.
3: Is I Is that a personally I don't think that's an issue. I think the real issue at heart here is that Formula E markets itself as being a new championship for a younger audience and mm. that audience has not appeared and mm. not while tv viewership has naturally increased over time it has not increased at the rate formally expected or any of the teams in the championship as expected and you can even like gauge this on social media where on say twitter Formula 2 still has more Twitter followers than, than Formula E, which, yeah. that's a big issue. When, you, when, you, when the audience you're going after is younger and on social media, you'd assume that, oh, we could get more followers on social media than, than Formula 2.
2: Well, I think that yeah. it's just, there's, the visibility factor just isn't there because, because of the factors at play and that the audience hasn't appeared.
3: I and, I, and I with, don't think that running, say, midfield even matters. Like, it, no, if they're not watching the race, it doesn't matter where in the field you are.
2: Yeah. No, where it hurts, I'll, the, I'll it hurts it whatever viewership you might get. But they recommitted to Formula One, right? No, I would go yeah. back. Yeah. It, yeah. If
3: someone's dominating at the front of the field, this championship's over before we even get to the last
2: weekend.
1: Yeah. Easy.
2: Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But they just com- recommitted to Formula One, right? Right. Look how much money they keep saying they make from Formula One and the marketing value of that team.
1: It's in the and billions. it's just not here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, King's absolutely right on this one. I was going to make the point about about the growth of the series in general. TV networks in the UK, and this is one of the bigger demographics of Formula E, they're not exactly clamouring over to watch this race. Most of Formula E's UK coverage was on BBC iPlayer, online streaming. Like the it's, season on finale was on, like, it's on
0: Father Beeb, but it's not on like BBC One. Look, dude, anyway, not The people see
1: we're more invested in putting money into cricket. And that's saying something because cricket is dead amongst young people. We saw a dude
0: get hit in the nuts twice.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and people are actually going out of their way to watch the 100 on TV because it is aiming at young people and it seems to be working. Formula E doesn't have that luxury and certainly not in the UK. And King mentioned the point about Formula 2. Just perspective, say so just as a, as a general gut feeling... I see way more tweets and action about a Formula 2 weekend than I do for a Formula E weekend on, on, on places like Twitter. Like, there has been a young surge of viewers in Formula 1 and its ladder as a subsequent result of that. I know with a lot of people, it's not going to be the same for Formula 2 as it is for F1, but there's certainly a little bit of extra crossover there. Formula E just doesn't have that vibe in the UK, at least certainly where I'm sitting on, on the other side of the pond. It, I don't get the impression that the that people are piling in to watch Formula E right now. It just isn't. And I think a lot the of people are probably going to have shard. to readjust before this generational shift we, we get yeah. next year. The pro-
0: I can definitely see that Formula E seems like it's run by a bunch of people that think that they think that young people think that they know what they think that, you know... They have an idea of what they think younger audiences who may be into motorsport want, but they don't always hit it on all fronts. And, I, I, I think it's a, it's too. They
2: they've poured in quite a lot of chaos into the format inherently. I love and, that, and that can be fun sometimes. But it hasn't brought it. it, it it's I think it's been proven that's not necessarily what people want. That hasn't brought the viewers. I, I
3: think the the big overarching problem with Formula E is that. Give me one second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No worries,
0: Matt. Well, uh, Thank Sorry, that's a uh, Neon winner, Ale- Alejandra God calling. Hey, Alejandro, gag, want a made-up award presented by the hype? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. my, my, my cheesesteak is... Give me five minutes on the cheesecake. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think the big
3: overarching problem with Formula E is that it doesn't matter how entertaining or not entertaining the product is, if no one is interested in who's racing in the championship, then no one's going to watch. Like, us as diehard motorsport fans are fans of the drivers in the championship, but most like most almost if not all the drivers are i would say kind of workhorse drivers where like they are they are first of first and foremost professionals at what they do they will they will race wherever they're assigned and they'll do it well uh-huh. and there isn't any they're not
2: That many star drivers, you could say, in Formula (laughs) 8. And you see it play out with fan boost, because who wins it every single race? Carryovers from Formula 2, Formula 1, and on rare occasion, from the golden age of LMP1H and WEC. That's it.
0: Do you miss the days of grassy, Vandal, and Wemmy?
1: But but the Um, thing is,
2: like, you'd say
3: the carryover from that golden age, like, People mainly remember them from Formula 1.
1: Yeah.
2: Does anyone remember Lucas Degrassi from Formula
3: 1? Come on. You'd be surprised, but yes, they do.
1: They do. I don't
2: don't acknowledge them.
3: Memory (laughs) Uh, of
1: that. They still count. But but no, he's absolutely right. Who's the... like Formula 1... I know it's not a fair comparison, but Formula 1... Are so, and the people that are watching it are so much more infused behind the driver personalities now than ever before in this sport. From Hamilton to Vettel to Norris, um, depending on what costume he's wearing, George Russell, (laughs) etc., etc. Right? Formidary doesn't have that. Not really. Like, they don't have a
2: household name. Yeah,
3: like, no offense to obviously all the F1 people we mentioned who've come over, but. They weren't stars in F1 to begin with. Like, the reason no. why they win fan boosts is mainly just name recognition.
2: Yeah, people like, oh, people hustle. recognize... Yeah, that, it's that guy that got bodied, like, 19-0 <laughs> by Alonso. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. like, the, the biggest name that they've ever had competing in F1 full-time was Felipe Massa. And people pretty much followed Felipe's every move in F1. And when he left... There was clearly a void that was, you know, made and never
1: filled. No, Norman no, Nato just, just turned into like one that, big dunking session, really. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like like Norman Nato just hits differently in that sense. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Norman sorry, Norman, it's not your fault. Um, but it's just one of those things. Look, they, there's not a household name. There's not a big recognisable star. Influencers are not going to move the needle like people think they do. Um, trust me, I've seen it with The 100. They've tried to get a bunch of social media influencers into that. It's not that. It's been the cricket that's got people into it, to use the comparison. But you can see there's parallels about how they're trying to get new viewers involved. It's not working on that level. And even having a completely chaotic championship, one where nobody had a clue who was going to win the titles until around about the five minutes to go in the race when Nick the 3 stopped dive-bombing people, like, it didn't, if anything, it probably split the room on whether we should have a format like this because a lot of people didn't like the fact that no one could stand out from the crowd in Formula E this year. And that's what that's what I wanted to put to you guys as well because, like, I want your overall thoughts on, the se- on, on this season overall I, before we wrap it up because... I'd say overall,
3: overall... Most of Formula E's good seasons, which are over, like, more than half, which, again, is impressive. Most of Formally E's seasons are kind of highlighted by either shock wins or someone able to string together multiple wins. This season has been highlighted by people getting disqualified, mass accidents, black flags. Like, it was unpredictable, for all the wrong reasons. Other mm. seasons are unpredictable for great reasons.
2: We, we've had seasons defined by, for a couple of them, defined by, in the second half of the season, great title fights between, you know, people like Degrassi and Bohemi. This year there was so there was just so much chaos and so much of the unknown that it got, for me, it got overwhelming to the point where I had trouble just following what the hell was going on. Pour in a dash of rules that probably shouldn't be there, rules that need to be enforced better, and disqualifications seemingly because a team pulled the FIA's pants down. Yeah. And, like, especially
3: when, again, looking back at prior seasons... Someone usually takes the points lead because they had just won a race. This Mm -hmm. season, it's more like someone took the points lead, not because they won the race, it's because, it's because the previous title, like the previous points leader put his car in the wall.
2: Like, or, or for much of the year. Gets caught up by the group qualifying and ends up being stuck in 14th with no way to pass anybody.
0: Yeah, when there and was, then it much was more of a gap between the top teams and everybody else, like group qualifying made sense. Now that everybody's so bunched up together, then it doesn't. And we talked about that.
3: Well, I'd say the a bigger issue is that like it doesn't even matter that the grids mixed up. It's we're early on in you know for Formally's entire history. Overtaking hasn't been that much of an issue. If you're faster than someone, you've always been able to pass them. Now it's generally becoming an issue where it's
1: difficult to. Too overtake many of the cars people. are too equal. Yeah, yeah, and you get a lot of these dead zones in races where cars just can't pass each other and they just follow each other nose to tail, and it's not entertaining. And as King, as you, as you and Cam both alluded to, like it got too much at certain points. It was just like. You you couldn't run, and it, 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 it was actually genuinely difficult to write scripts for this show. One occasion because there was no coherent story. Sometimes it was just like, "Oh, Nick won the Freeze ones won the first race, second race, Nick the Freeze is in the wall." I'm like, "Oh!" It was like well, What's it, going it on? triggered a lot
2: of desperation moves, and it triggered what every time every race it felt like the top six in the championship would flip because they flipped in qualifying, and then, and then it would flip back and forth, and back, and eventually just, your head feels like it's gonna explode.
1: And we've barely even mentioned incidents like Valencia that went mainstream viral for all the wrong reasons, because of how awful a finish that was, and how it made a complete mockery of the series. And at the same
0: time, right? A lot of people were not happy with Mercedes after that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, right? This series still got what is still probably my race of the year, and the proof of everything right with this series at Monaco. Monaco.
1: Oh, oh, Monaco! Well, always have Monaco, which is so a sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> so there's something
2: there's something great here lying beneath the surface, but it's been buried by rules and format, and just and bad driving standards, and it all just. It, it corrupts what is fundamentally a good product into something that, at the end of the day, just becomes hard to follow. Yeah. We're, we're follow. really into this sport, as you might no. be able to tell. We really and it's like hard for us
1: sometimes. Yeah. Look, we're saying this as people that like formatory overall especially in King's mm. case. But, like, I like this is a series that, overall, we really, really like, and we want it to do well. We, like, we're we not saying this because we want Formula E to go up in a big puff of smoke. I would love for this series to flourish alongside some of the other bigger series that we cover on this show. But there are issues that need to be addressed, and it is not a good sign when manufacturers are bailing. It's not a good sign when your series' most prominent moment maybe ever was a force in Valencia. And- no, like, honestly, yeah.
3: I think yeah. it took something like this happening for them to take notice. Because when they see yeah. stuff like this happening at Valencia, it's like, oh, look at all they the know. interaction we're getting. Like They know. Yeah. They know
2: it's not good interaction.
3: And, no. like, it takes something like this, ha- like, they don't know it's not good interaction. They don't care. Interaction's interaction. And it's... Numbers are numbers.
0: Yeah, getting and... Posted. Getting roasted is getting
3: roasted. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can tell that they didn't really, like, seemingly tell they didn't notice when they're talking about, oh, when we move on to the Gen 3 cars, uh, a bunch of the teams and manufacturers that committed for Gen 3 said that they wouldn't mind starting a B team to run a support series with the Gen 2 cars. And that makes sense. But the thing is, sure. like, you're talking about. Drastically expanding the series, and I don't think that the Gen Two support series idea is a bad idea. But it's like you, you you're there running, are running fundamental
2: problems. You need to yeah, fix. You're, you're running. You're running before you can walk, and I—I I, I think that something that's very important to note here is this is season seven. No,
1: yeah, year seven.
2: The we are still having series in its infancy problems. And it's time that Formula E as a whole grew up and got, got to boot up its backside a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. To start fixing of, some
2: of these problems
1: because yeah, there are a lot of people out there that will never take this series seriously ever because of some of the instances that have happened over the course of the last year or so, and you know. But even if this was a more
0: serious series, they, they wouldn't take it serious anyway because they'll make up some excuse about how they hate electric vehicles and they'll say it's always artificial, even when it is. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's a thing yeah. and and that that,
3: that yeah. people are already apprehensive about this. Because it's electric racing, so it's doing itself no favors. Yeah, it's doing itself no favors in terms of trying to build a core audience.
2: Eventually, you know what? It doesn't matter what you know what silly outdated views some people might have towards something. If you put out a good product, people will come. Yeah. If you continue to evolve that product, people will come, and it feels like Effie has. They've, it feels like they've tried to evolve in the wrong places when they've already got a solid racing product when everything goes well. Yeah. And it's time that they really look at, okay, where do we go next? And how do we fix what's wrong right now? Because there are problems that need to be fixed before they can take that next step.
1: We will have to wait and see how that plays out. But like I said, I do anyone sends anyone any one of us angry emails. We like the series. We really. Do see well? Well. I don't think we're gonna get angry emails from anyone. Just making sure. The point is, is to you know we like the series. It just needs a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's all it is. It's good but, as,
0: uh, as long as the steps in the right direction. Don't dilute it from being like the. It's it still has to be exciting. Indeed. I think that can happen. I, I don't want Absolutely. this series to become another run of mill routine championship where somebody just wins half or two-thirds or three-quarters of the race and, you know, it's a processional championship through and through. I don't want that. I think there are definitely places where this series can improve. Indeed. But I do like Indeed. a little bit of chaos sometimes. I live for it. Who doesn't? A, do. a, little, a
2: little bit of chaos is good. Too much chaos... Yeah, a well, little well, chaos eh. is a treat.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah like... like when the, the chaos negative- becomes...
1: Uh, when the chaos becomes the story, that's when you've got a problem. Quite yeah. frankly. The,
2: the, okay. the, way, the way the series has its system of negative feedback loops, a little bit too negative, there is a middle ground that you can find. that inject You put in the right amount of chaos.
1: Indeed, indeed. Not the whole right. bottle. Right. That'll just about do it for this week's show. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk some 24-hour race in France somewhere, you know. That'll be fun. Uh, we'll also Maybe. be talking IndyCar at Gateway as well. Some French fella's 1st time in an Oval. Apparently Did you that's know that Romain
0: Groschant's running an Oval?
1: Look, no. I didn't hear. First time. First time for everything. Um, so that'll be a gateway on. Um, so that'll be for IndyCar as well. Sadly, didn't have quite enough time to talk about IndyCar in this race. But uh, oh boy, Alex Polo's engine blowing up. Oh boy, bringing the title, bringing the title group, and still having effort. a relatively
2: healthy lead.
0: Will Powers got the monkey off his back. He's got the piano off his back. Forty wins. Indeed. Um, and then it so got more- upstaged by whatever shit happened in that NASCAR race. Less said about that know, shit, the better.
1: <laughs> it took
2: uh, It took an actual track disintegration to stop Hendrick Driver number 5
1: Yeah, We're getting
2: desperate here, <laughs> folks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't run that every week. I mean, But uh, anyway, point is, LeMond... Gateway next week. and um, Basically, you can find us before we get out of town. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Subscribe if you haven't already. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles at Harrison 101 HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, at Buckley 917 Instagram, Motorsport 101 Pod. And you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Five bucks for all our audio shows, 10 for the video and live access as well. We'll be back next week, but until then, I've been Dre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and Cam Buckley, and until next time, slander.
0: Later, y'all! Bye!
2: All my homies hate Jim Glickenhouse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's exactly one slander-free entry at Lamar, and it's SRT-41. Everybody else are a bunch of bums.
2: The, the, the SCG007 is a bitch car designed by bitches and driven by one big bitch in Pippo Durrani.
0: We have the Ferrari 330 P4 at home. The Stop, Stop insulting
2: P4. the P4 like that. <laughs> yes. Stop it.